Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Stompcast. Anna and I have been stomping furiously actually around <laughs> around Hampstead Heath. It is, uh, as we say, a beautiful place. And I think we, we're both clearly countryside people because we walk with a real purpose, don't yeah. we? You know, it's real, it's real kind of, well, go there's up no the country ambling. lanes. Do you know, yeah, there's no ambling. There's walking with purpose, which is actually how I define stomping. Okay. Walking with a purpose. I love that. There you go. We've had a great chat so far. We've covered quite a lot of ground, excuse the pun. Um, and it's been, I've really enjoyed it. And I really like to dive in, in this third part about labels. Because we are in a society now that labels a lot, I think, and perhaps we're expecting younger and younger age groups to understand who they are, what they are, what they like, how they want to explain themselves to be. And I just wonder what your take is on that. I might just start with a quick um, thought about an experience I have is around um, neurodiversity. So I, I have dyslexia, which I got to grips with um, over the years. Um, ADHD is a very new diagnosis for me. And I found it really helpful and people have asked me, like, well, is it helpful? You're 32, you've kind of, you've done what you've done, you're living a life, does it help? For me, it's really helped because understanding the science and understanding why I am as I am has given myself more permission. And I think I've been much kinder to myself. People around me understand me better and it's helped. But with labels, it doesn't always work that way, does it? And sometimes perhaps we intend them to be helpful and maybe they're not. What's your, what's your thoughts? You know how we were saying earlier on that you can have two different, you can hold two different thoughts mm. at the same time mm. and it's about sort of finding the middle way. I can completely accept that labels can be incredibly beneficial. Uh, my little brother is dyslexic, for example, and, and he would have really needed that um, diagnosis when, when he was younger, but instead he was very bullied. So I can fully appreciate that with your dyslexia and your ADHD, that label has helped to um, explain otherness, if yeah, you like, or yeah. difference, yeah. that then allows other people to understand you better. Yeah. I get that. However, I also feel that labels can be unhelpful. Mm. I personally don't like to label myself. And certainly when I left my boyfriend, my long-term relationship of, of 18 years, because I'd met a woman that, that, that I'd fallen in love with, I was very pushed by people to try and label myself. Mm -hmm. So people would go, well, well, what, well, does that mean you're now a lesbian? Mm -hmm. And I, I really struggled with it because my response has always been, no, I'm, I'm just me, I'm Anna. So that's my label. Mm -hmm. But then I can fully understand that working within the LGBTQIA community as well, that labels can be extremely important to people because you know, they can then take ownership of it. And it's a good, explanation isn't it as I said of otherness and when I was sort of debating this with with my new partner and I was saying I struggle with labels because now I'm with I'm with a guy so now people are going well does that mean what does that mean does that mean you're bisexual does it mean you're straight and I was saying I really struggle with this but he said well of course don't forget 
the biggest label of all is your name. Yeah. And it's really important. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, do you know what? Yes. It's definitely yes. a part of it is that having, I, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I basically am interested just to hear what people think and just watch and learn. Because I think like, like a lot of the time, most of the answers come out over, over time and lots of people's experiences and just kind of everyone kind of working it all out basically. But yeah. one of the things that I feel is that it's important just to allow people the option to not decide. And yeah, I think of that is a brilliant thing as well. You know, if you're unsure as to what your sexuality is or how you identify yourself or, you know, maybe you also don't even want to disclose that, which is fine. Indeed. I think just having the option to go, well, at the moment I don't know and that's okay, or even, well, I don't want to decide. And I think that's, that's the thing, isn't it? I agree with you. And what's part of the beauty of the age that we're living in at the moment is that we can self-identify. We can decide if we want a label or not mm. but certainly for me i just like to say you know my label is anna i love that i love that and that's the most important one when i speak to guests on the Stompcast, i ask them just looking back what are the things that you've learned i know that's quite difficult because you learn a lot of different things but i guess almost like the hypnotherapist said, yes. takes back to that moment what comes to your mind about life lessons okay in terms of life lessons um i think that if we're going to talk about diversity um, and, and the thing that I come, against, come up against the most, I think, again, is that need for people, particularly professionally, to categorise you and label you, uh, which I struggle with. So, for example, we, we touched earlier on the fact that, look, you know, you're an NHS doctor. Hmm. Um, that was your career. But actually, do you know what? You're now a broadcaster as well as a doctor. And I can imagine that to begin with, people might have gone, he can't do telly and be a doctor <laughs> and also when you change labels though it's kind of like i i went from being an a and &E doctor to i'm not a practicing and I, I find it difficult because i think i very much practice doctoring yes. every day i practice health i'm a public health uh doctor in yeah. my mind and what i do and i whatever you want to call it but yes in terms of practicing clinical work i'm not a clinically practicing doctor anymore and that is a change of identity and you're like whoa but, what is this but i wonder whether exactly i wonder whether as well some of your colleagues might go well he's not a practicing clinician anymore so therefore and i've had that my whole life with people going particularly i, I always knew that i wanted to work in television i knew from when i was little and i knew that i would and i also knew that i would be on tv it's a very peculiar knowing if you like of a sort of predestiny of i know this is what i'm going to do but the one thing that I've struggled with is people going, well, you can't be a producer and a presenter. Well, well, now you're a presenter, so therefore you can't go back and project. Or when I was producing, well, you can't be a presenter because you're a producer. And I find it really It's like the North-South London divide. You can't be North London and be South London. It is. You're so either North or South. That's it. <laughs> so there's this, there's this suspicion sometimes, I think, of people wanting to explore their curiosity or their talents. I think it's changing now with the younger generation, obviously, yourself included, where I think now younger people are able to multitask and explore their abilities and skills, especially with the advent of social media. You know, everybody's now a broadcaster, aren't they, or a critic. But certainly for me in my career, I've always struggled with the, well, you can't do this and that. Or, you know, even just in terms of working in TV, we can't work in TV and 
be you know a cognitive hypnotherapist and be interested in that so i find that very restrictive and what would you say to people then that are like so 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 those that are listening to this thinking well actually i do want to live more than one i you know i get a lot of medics text me saying i want to do yoga and be a doctor i want to do law and be i want to do lots of different things how do you do it i mean what would you to say to people you know how do you take the courage almost in some ways to go against the grain well i think that the beauty of living in now is the fact that we can more than ever and i think that we are learning more aren't we about moving towards a growth mindset mm. rather than a restrictive mindset so if that's something you want to do and you want to explore your different talents well then do it what do no you mean when you say growth mindset? so those listening what do, what do you mean by growth so your growth mindset, mindset obviously if, if we become too comfortable and god knows we've, we've all been this if you become too comfortable, you then don't take any risks. You go, well, I don't. I'm not going to leave clinical, clinical practice yes, yeah. because I might then not earn any money or no one will take me seriously and then it'll be difficult for me to get back in. So we become so anxious that we restrict ourselves. And there's something wonderful about going, do you know what? No sod it. I am going to go and do this. I'm going to yeah. take that step, take that courage to try something else and see and when you get into your discomfort and you achieve something, that is growth. That's growth. And there's something as well about, to use, I can only obviously talk from my own experience really, but you know, my fear of going from being clinically practicing to focusing on advocacy and ambassadorship and so yeah. on, it was like, well, what if I can't go back? And my brain, your yeah. brain almost enters this phase where it cannot see things, two things to coexist. Like, you can go in this direction, and in five, ten years, I could go back. Of course I could. I'd go through a process of, you know, have to reapply, and you'd have to go through certain, you know, hoops or whatever. But of course I could go back to it. But your brain almost tries to convince you that this is a dangerous step, because what if you, you know, you can't go back? Well, re remember, I mean, we talked about this earlier on. A, your subconscious mind, but B, and you know this, that you are primed to look for the negative. Yeah. So, to keep us safe. So that's um, a really good example, in a way, of your mind working really well, yeah. of it going, oh, Alex, I wouldn't do that if I were you, because it just wants to keep you safe. But you then have to just reframe it all and go, no, you know, actually, this is good for me. It's good for me to leave do you think and to try that, something um, else. You know, because you've dealt with, I mean, in, in your in your tea work, in your, in your life, I've no doubt you've experienced relationships, you've seen relationships, you've had friends and family as well as obviously on, on TV seeing that side of things. Do you think people settle in relationships yes. sometimes? And I'm not actually just talking about um, uh, you know, romantic relationships, even friendships as well and friendship groups. Do you think people settle in that for the same reason, that fear of change? Of course, of course. And you know, the fear of change is a very palpable, uh, real, strong thing that it makes us anxious. The idea of loss um, makes us terribly anxious. So of course I recognise it. And in fact, I've done it myself. Of course we do, we're human. You know, again, our minds are primed to, to take us away from, from fear and from uncertainty. So yes, I think it is, yeah, we, we do tend to stay in things that are comfortable because we're too frightened often to try something that is gonna push us out of our comfort zone. But that's where the magic happens often. In fact, I've got a good, good little story, which I'm quite proud of myself at the moment, because this weekend, I don't know if you know the actress Ruth Wilson, so she's in the, His Dark Materials, mm. the, you know, the Affair, very well-known actress, and she did a 24-hour play 
at the Young Vic wow. on Saturday, from Friday afternoon to Saturday afternoon. 24-hour play. Okay. That's unbelievable. Can you imagine? She did the <laughs> oh same gosh. breakup scene a hundred times oh with a hundred different people. Oh my God. She had no idea who was going to go onto the stage off. with her. Right? Some of them were ex-lovers. Some of them were members of the public. Some of them were famous actors. One of those people was me. And I am not an actress. I absolutely crapped myself. I've never felt more scared. And yet it was so exhilarating. And afterwards I was like, oh my God, that's really pushed me out of what's comfortable for me. But you know what? It was magical. It's a feeling of it. And I kind of, as soon as, you know, when we're talking about like what pops to your mind, as soon as you were talking about that, and I mean, that's absolutely incredible. The thing that scares the hell out of me is there's two things, singing and dancing. Yeah. And I have I'm now done my, I think it's my third singing lesson. Oh, really? And the first time, it's the, it's the most fear and nerves that I have felt as long as I can remember. And I was more nervous about to sing, and this is absolutely true, to my uh, new singing teacher, just me and her in my flat, uh, than I was when I met the Prime Minister to take on the role as Youth Mental Health Ambassador. I'm not joking. I seriously was wow, more nervous. Wow, really? <laughs> and that's not at all in any way disparaging or not realising how you know, that, that was a crazy experience going to Downing Street. But I genuinely, there was something about the unconscious child of like the fear of embarrassment being yes. on stage that I was so nervous. I was so nervous, but I felt so good afterwards. And I, I suspect that's probably how 100%. you felt. Like, oh my God, I did this and I'm alive. And I'm alive and actually, exactly, I didn't die. <laughs> and, you know, it was actually really good fun. And so have you got ambitions to then go onto the stage? Are you going to sort of uh, use that singing? I, I've always, my family are very musical. Actually. My mum is musical. Well, my dad isn't. I'm not going to give him that credit. My mum my is musical and my brother is a very, very guitarist, good, very good drummer. He plays in the band. He plays, you know, for fun in the band. Yeah. Um, I grew up playing acoustic guitar. And oh, things. cool. So I've always wanted to to sing alongside it and I like writing and I've written some songs and things so I I'd love to even just to myself to sing the songs that I've written so that's I don't know magical. we'll see I don't think you'll see me on the in the charts but I I think I'll enjoy never say never Alex I'll enjoy doing it myself and I do think that there's something and it was almost that growth mindset thing for me I was kind of like look I just want to do something this year that really pushes myself mm. personally not mm. for work not for like anything like that just for myself i yeah. just want to do something in my own personal life that makes me feel really proud of myself you know yeah 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 exactly exactly and that's exactly why i did it as well oh, is i just thought incredible. you know did, were you, when you came off stage were you like was did you have the endorphin rush was it oh, like got a massive you know really buzzing kind of really incredible. freaked out but really buzzing but again you think about her that a woman doing this for 24 hours the same scene. I mean, <laughs> oh my, my God. God, you know, that is pushing yourself. That's growth. There is, there is something about taking yourself to the limit and understanding. What I think it is about going to the limit is that you learn that was never actually your limit. Often oh, we create our own limits of like, oh, I can run this far or I can do this in this time or I can only, you know, when you actually get there and surpass that, you actually realize that it was never your limit after all. Yeah, that's we'll very that interesting. Term. Okay, let's do our health uh, fact of the week. So we're both reacting to this. Um, I don't know what, what the fact is this week, or any week, in fact. <laughs> health fact of the week. The Women and Equalities Committee conducted a survey into body image in 2020. It took responses from over 7,800 people and it found that 61% of adults and 66% of children feel negative or very negative about their body image most of the time. 
That's over half. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd like to say we were surprised, but quite frankly, when we did the show, I mean, in Naked Education, we heard all these different stories from different people from different walks of life. But often it was a very similar theme that people were not very happy about their bodies. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really... Reading that doesn't... Oh, my gosh, I'm throwing my phone on the floor. <laughs> chucking my phone. I'm so uh, astounded by that that I've chucked my phone on the floor. <laughs> I mean, does it shock you anymore? I'd say does it shock you now because you've seen enough of this you've done you've seen you've done shows like this and you've you've looked in this area for such a long time I mean does anything around that shock you anymore around our body image yeah, and just our, how our we self-esteem psychology no and I think I think in a way it's well I was going to say it's getting worse I mean again it's exactly what we touched on earlier about you can hold two different opinions I think it's getting worse because of social media, the proliferation of perfection on social media, whilst at the same time, we, as a society, I think are getting better in learning to accept difference. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So yes. I, I think that, that people are now starting to really own their difference and their uniqueness, whilst at the same time battling this need for perfection. It's so odd, isn't it? Because and I always, I find this tricky, um, that, Part of the solution to the body image issue that's proliferated, and you're quite aware there's a perfect word for it, on social media, is on social media. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like the normalisation of body image on social media is is also what helps solve that. And if you think about it, fine, I know that um, Naked Education is on TV, it's a TV format. It's still content that people are watching, people might see that on their phones or however they're, they're, they're watching it. So what we're saying almost is that the place where the problem is is also a place where the solution, where the solution might is. be. Yeah, that's it. And I think part of it is us accepting that and with the social media stuff, we're not going to get rid of social media. It's here to stay. And actually, would we get rid of it if we could? Because there's, there's so many... I wouldn't be in my role. Yeah. I wouldn't be achieving stuff in the mental health space. I wouldn't be able to reach so many young people and talk to them about mental health. That's true. I mean, would I get rid of it? No, I wouldn't. Would I like to make it a safer, better place? Absolutely. Yes. So, I mean, my takeaway from all of that and particularly in the social media context then is really we need to just think about how we use it safely and with the on- online harms bill and things and some of the legislation that's coming it's trying to make the place safer but also not stifling what is good about social media well yeah aren't we 100 percent? and aren't we coming back to again a point that we were talking about at the beginning of our walk, which is about accountability and responsibility. Yes, gosh, but we've done a fantastic loop there, quite literally. We have, because if you're going to use it, use it for a force for good, make a difference, yeah. help somebody, be accountable, be responsible. Don't just use it as a sort of petri dish of hatred. Yeah, and, so that, that's what and, and, and always remember that, uh, you know, whatever you put out comes back at you. So if you're yes. hateful online, unfortunately, that comes back. But also the good news is if you show love and you are positive online and you are kind to others you will absolutely get the same back that's yeah. what i believe not yeah. all the time not everyone will give that to you but in a way sometimes unexpected life comes around yes and it, well and in, it brings it back to you in, in that karmic way. way i mean you know we talk about as you rightly say the energy that you put out is the energy that you get back so you know that there's a really interesting thing that i learned when i was doing my hypnotherapy training and my tutor said we are an amalgam of the five people that we spend the most yeah. time with. So yeah. choose your friends carefully. It's so true. Isn't, isn't it? it true? But it makes sense in psychology. I was having this conversation over the weekend with a friend actually, that 
when, when people behave in a certain way, in ways that individually or on, on reflection when they're on their own, they wouldn't think is acceptable. Mm. If you put a group of people and you have a shared behaviour, all of a sudden it normalises that behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a, that is a well-understood psychological I, idea and framework, the fact that actually, really, we often reflect and look around and go, if everyone else is doing it, then it's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Even though we know deep down that it isn't. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, that can be seen as a very positive thing as well because you know what, we can look around, be kind to everyone and notice, you know what, it's great to actually be kind. And on that note, thank you so much for, for joining me on the Stompcast. You've taken me on a fantastic loop. Hampstead Heath is just amazing. If you're not from London and you're down here, people often go to places like Hyde Park and you know, around Buckingham Palace and stuff like that. Come to Hampstead Heath and have a wander because it is such a beautiful place and there's a vast area as well, isn't there? It's so, it, it feels sort of quite rural in, in, even though it's in the centre of London and it's such a pleasure to do a loop with you on oh, Hampstead Heath. Thank, thank you so much for having well, me. Well, thank you and, and hopefully we'll continue despite any, you know, despite what I will always say is a very minority view of uh, negativity towards naked education. I think so many people have been helped um, by that show and thank you so much for it is your it is your show thank you for having me on it and being able to i don't know add Alex, my little bit to it it's ours it's ours thank you so, congratulations thank you so much everyone i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Stompcast. um yeah it's been a real pleasure take care look after yourself goodbye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.